times when I sit back and really let it register I did everything I said I would and said it first <laughs> I mean the world's in denial but they all know what I'm headed for <sighs> We about to feed these youngins to the metaverse Meanwhile I'm over here just trying to Welcome, welcome, welcome I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast This is the man, the myth, the legend Jalen Hunter and if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. What this playoffs? Uh, what this play? The, the storyline, or the, the the tagline for these this playoffs this year is. You're hearing a lot. There's there's been a lot of incredible, incredible performances. There's been a you know from 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 John Morant, uh, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Luca. There's been some great great performances, and the storyline that we're hearing from this year's playoffs is is this is X person a star or a superstar? Now the way that you define a superstar is what you define a superstar. How I define a superstar is, one, you know what you're getting. You're getting top-level talent. And if that person's on your team, you have a better chance of winning than if they weren't on your team. What do I mean by that? Let's look at this. Let's, let's, let's look at this Boston and Miami series. We've seen, what, two, four games. Each one have been blowouts. For not not one not one team, neither Boston nor Miami, has won back to back games. And the question, you know, you're hearing playoff Jimmy, you're hearing Jason Tatum, and are they su- the, the the question is, are they superstars? First and foremost, if we just talk about this series, I think Boston Boston is the better team in my opinion. Yes, Miami is the number one seed, but when we talk about both offense and defense, Miami's the better team. When you have Jason Tatum, when you have Jalen Butler, or I'm not Jalen, <laughs> Jalen Butler. When you have Jalen Brown, you have uh, Marcus Smart, who is hurt right now. But when you have Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Al Horford, Miami is the better defensive team. I trust if we if you need a stop, I would even though don't get me wrong, Boston has been a great defensive team, especially since around January, February of this year. They have been a great defensive team. Amey Doka has had them humming on defense, and I think it is you, you. You can kind of, you can kind of put it towards, or you can kind of credit that to the attention that Jason Tatum puts on defense. Now, yes, I understand that Marcus Smart is the you know one defensive player of the year this year. But you're only as good as your best player. That's that's you're only as good as your best player. And one of the knocks that we've said about Jason Tatum. Now I, I only I understand he's only been here what four three or four years. But the knock that we've said on Jason Tatum is he is an incredible offensive weapon and he can go off offensively. But there are multiple times in a game that he can just have defensive laps. And there's sometimes he doesn't even look like he cares about defense. And that kind of permeates through the through the rest of the team, whether it's Jalen Brown, because he didn't really care about defense. Uh, Al Horford from times. They had Kimball Walker. Just 
because Jason Tatum wasn't that good defensively and he is the quote-unquote leader of the team, even with Marcus Smart, who did win Defensive Player of the Year this year, the team is not going to play defense that well. Now that you have a defensive-minded coach in Amei Doka, now that you have Jason Tatum actually caring about defense, Boston, to me, is the best, clear-cut best team in the East. I mean, look at the road that they've had. And we'll talk about that if they advance in if they advance to the NBA Finals, but they had to go against KD and Kyrie. They had to go against uh, Giannis and Tatakumpo and and Drew Holiday, and now they're going up against Jimmy Butler in Miami. So I think they're the best team that is remaining in you know the, in the Eastern Conference right now. And I think that with Jimmy Butler being hurt, with you know the the, the injuries to damn near everybody in this in this series whether it was Jalen Brown not Jalen Brown whether it was Jason Tatum had a stinger Grant Williams had a stinger uh Marcus Smart right now Robert Williams like I said on the Miami side you have uh Kyle Lowry missed a few games Jimmy Butler with the knee I just think Boston is the better team and uh, that doesn't ultimately mean they're going to win the series, but I do think that they're a better team. But getting back to my point with the stars and superstars, the two names that I'm hearing a lot right now, because clearly they're still playing, is Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler. Are they superstars? First and foremost, to to answer that question for me, now of course this is <laughs> this is my platform, so the answer in and this is my opinion. To, to to figure out, in my opinion, or in my eyes, if Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler are superstars, you have to first define what a superstar is. And like I said, it's a person that has top-level top, top ability, top-level talent. Uh, you, can, the, you have the best chance of winning if this player is on your team, and they are consistent. That is a big one. They are consistent. That doesn't. They can have bad games. Stephen Curry has had bad games. LeBron James have had bad games. Kevin Durant has had bad games. Hell, Kevin Durant had a bad series. But that doesn't negate the fact that they are. They're not consistent. We know when Steph Curry's at his best, what he's going to give you. We know when LeBron James at his best, when Giannis at their best, when when KD is at their best. We know what they're going to get from these players. Which then brings me back to Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler. Let's let's first let's first talk about Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, I kind of fit him in the same class as a lot of younger athletes. I mean, clearly he's still young in the league, but John Morant's, the like I said, Jason Tatum's, um, Trey Young's. I don't think that they are superstars yet. Yes, that is including John Morant. I need to see more consistency. Does, now, I'm not saying that they're not on a on a trajectory to superstardom, but I just need to see more. Now, that doesn't mean that because you're young, you are not a superstar, because we will talk about a superstar in a minute, but I just need to see more consistency from Jason Tatum. And what do I mean by that? Look at this series. Jason Tatum goes off. In fact, look at these playoffs. Jason Tatum goes off for what, 47 against uh, Milwaukee? 
then he'll have a thir- then he'll have a thirteen point game, or then he'll have a ga- an eight point game. Then he'll come back and have a thirty one point game. Then he'll come back and have a twelve point game. To me, Jason Tatum is incredible. And don't get me wrong, all these players are incredible. Jason Tatum is incredible. You just don't know what you're going to get from night in and night out. That consistency is not there. You know what you could get from him, but you don't know what you're going to get. And that's why, and that's kind of the same thing with uh, with with John Moran. You know you're going to get the energy. You know you're going to get the passion. You know you're going to get the acrobatic layups. You know you're going to get the high-flying dunks. But consistently, like consistently, what are we going to get from John Morant? John Morant still, shooting is still an issue for him. Defense is still an issue for him. That's why you surround him with people like Dellen Brooks. That's why you surround him with people. In fact, that's one of the biggest reasons why with John Morant off the court, Memphis was a better defensive team because now you have to rely on, like I said, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant is not the best defender. Hell, John Morant was getting singled out against uh, against Minnesota and, and Patrick Beverly. So, and I'm not saying that just because he is not the best defender, he's not a superstar. I just think he's on a trajectory to superstar. Same thing with Trey Young. Trey Young had a down year this year. Let me say this. Had a down first half of the season. And while he did pick it up and they ultimately made it to the playoffs, I just need to see more from Trey Young. Trey Young is a good Trey Young, in my opinion, is an incredible ta- scoring talent. I kind of put him in the same category as a Kyrie Irving. Not saying he's the same as Kyrie Irving. Chill out for the people. I, I hear you now typing in the comments. What I'm saying is Kyrie Irving is an, an incredible offensive weapon. He's 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 he is the best ball handler I I think the league has ever seen. That's my opinion. However, Kyrie isn't that good all around. He's not that good of a passer. He's not that good. He doesn't, in my opinion, he doesn't really make the team better. He doesn't really make anybody else around him better. His game is so predi- is so much predicated on ISO ball, and he is incredible at it. But he doesn't really, you know, defensively know assist wise no rebounds no kind of same thing with Trey Young Trey Young is an incredible talent when we talk about all scoring the ball shooting the ball but he's a little he's a little bit in my opinion a better passer than Kyrie but he just if he develops his game more then he'll get into that superstar that superstar class so to bring it back to Jason Tatum I love Jason Tatum Jason Tatum is incredible I just think that I need to see more consistency from him. I need to see more. Again, game four, game three of this year's Eastern Conference Finals. Jason Tatum looked like he just he was uh, he was pressing, but it looked like he he just tuned out. In fact, the whole team looked like it tuned out. It just it just didn't. It just Jason Tatum didn't seem like he was there. And we've seen that multiple times this playoff run. So, hell, Jalen Brown damn near saved them in game three, which, of course, Miami ultimately won. But I just need to see more from Jason Tatum to be considered a superstar. Now, let's go over to Jimmy Butler. 
Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, is sort of in a in the same boat, but a little different. You see, one misnomer that people have is that stars and superstars are drastically different. Like, there's a star level, and then there's a superstar level. And there's a lot of people think that there's a huge gap. And I don't think so. There's a lot of players, in my opinion, that have superstar talent that aren't superstars. Um, Bradley Bill. I think Bradley Bill has star talent. Star, star talent. I mean, he led the league in scoring, what, two, just two years ago, I believe. I just don't think he's a superstar. Pa- uh, Paul George. Paul George, incredible talent. I just don't think he's a superstar. He's great. He's a really good player. In my opinion, when healthy, when when at his best, a, a borderline top 12, 15 player. But I just don't think he's a superstar. Carl Anthony Towns, incredible talent. Not a superstar, in my opinion. To me, what all these people have in common is they have superstar-like talent. They're just not superstars. Which brings me to Jimmy Butler. To me, Jimmy Butler is the type of player that you want on a championship team. He's a rugged player. He is a, a, he, he goes into every matchup with no fear, thinking he's the best player. Uh, there's clearly a drastic difference between playoff Jimmy Butler and regular season Jimmy Butler. Um, Jimmy Butler is incredible. But I don't think he's a superstar. I don't. I don't think Jimmy Butler has the talent of a superstar. I think that his his talent rises in the playoffs. As we've seen, I think he's had like five or I think he's had like seven or eight career 40 point games and five of them or six of them are in the playoffs. Uh. Jimmy Butler clearly increases his game in the playoffs, but I don't think he has the talent of a superstar. And what do I mean by that? We just talked about Jason Tatum and being consistent. There is consistency and inconsistency. What? I know. There is consistency and inconsistency. Case in point, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler will have... And this is this has gone on multiple playoff runs, multiple games. Jimmy Butler will have a 30, 40 point game, come back and have a 12 point game. He'll have a 31 point game, come back and have a 15 point game. He'll have a 40 point game, come back, have an eight point game. There is he's very consistent in his inconsistency as far as reliability. Now, people are going to say, "Well, Jay, you can't look at last game because last game he was clearly dealing with a knee injury, knee inflammation. He was dealing with a knee injury, which I think held him to like eight or seven or eight points or six points or something like that." You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Just take that game out. Even when they were in the bubble, 
Jimmy Butler, it was very hard for him to sustain two back-to-back incredible games. Not saying that he wasn't good, but it was hard for him to sustain two games where he he was clear-cut the best player. And the thing is, Miami, as we're seeing, needs him to be their best player. See, the difference between Boston and Miami is Boston doesn't need Jason Tatum to be their best player in this series. They have Jalen Brown. Al Horford has been incredible this entire playoffs. Marcus Smart has been good, even though he is sidelined right now. Marcus Smart has been good. Jalen Brown, like I said, just had a 40-point game the other day. It wasn't a losing effort, but he had a 40-point game every uh, the other day. Boston doesn't need Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to be great every night. Miami needs Jimmy Butler to be great every night. Even with Bam Adebayo, who has been inconsistent this entire playoffs, Miami needs Jimmy Butler. And you see, case in point, look at look at the game. Look at game four. I think the entire starting lineup had 18 points. That's the starting lineup with a defensive player of the year candidate year after year in Jimmy in uh Bam Adebayo. That's an NBA champion, uh, two NBA champions, actually. One of them is Kyle Lowry. One of them is um, P.J. Tucker. And what is it? Max Strauss. Miami is not good enough offensively to, or not good enough as a team, at least right now. To have a bad Jimmy Butler game. In fact, the only reason why they won game three is because they built a 26-point lead. But you see how different Miami looked with Jimmy Butler the first half and without Jimmy Butler the second. Hell, the Boston Celtics damn cut cut the lead to one after trailing by 26. But it goes back to my point. That is why Jimmy Butler is an incredible talent. Jimmy Butler is a great Jimmy Butler on a you you can kind of put him in arguably, you know, top 12 to 15, 20 player. I'll say more 15, 20. But that doesn't make him a superstar. In fact, when we think of superstars, man. There's a few, there's I can only name a couple in the league perfectly healthy. You know you have LeBron, you have KD, KD, Curry, uh, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, uh, Kawhi Leonard when healthy, Dame, Luke. We'll talk about we'll talk about Luca in a second, but Luca. Then there's players that are good have have superstar talent, just aren't superstars in my opinion. Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, 
Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, Paul George. That doesn't mean they're not great players. It just means, in my opinion, they're not superstars. And the problem with Miami and why I think Miami will arguably will probably end up losing this series is because they're depending on Jimmy Butler to be a superstar. He just is unable to do that consistently. He's able to have spurts. Because I don't know what the hell happened to Bam on a Biles consistency. Uh, Kyle Lowry, he's dealing with an injury, so he's in and out. It's kind of like Robert Williams. But Miami needs Jimmy Butler to be a superstar. And while he has the talent at times, he does not have the consistent. He is consistently inconsistent. And that, in my opinion, is why one of the biggest reasons why Boston has an advantage in this series. The battle between two. There's not a superstar in this series, in my opinion. There's a, there's incredible talents. Like I said, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, uh, uh, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo. There's incredible. There's stars. Stars galore in this series. But there's not a superstar. In my opinion. Then you go over to the other series. Dallas and Golden State. Golden. Now, as I'm recording, this Golden State is currently up 3-0. I am going to go out of the limb. I'm going to predict that Dallas wins t- tonight. Dallas wins tonight, uh, meaning that the series will be 3-1. I just, you see this all the time. The, in fact, they say the hardest thing in sports to do is close out a series especially close the series on the road. You're up 3-1. The team is desperate. Every team thinks to themselves, well, no team has ever come back from 3-1. Why can't it be us? That's what you have to tell yourself, even though there's probably no shot in hell. But that's what you have to tell yourself. So Dallas, so in game three, Dallas, outside of Luka, Dallas struggled. Dallas struggled. I mean, Jalen Brunson couldn't hit. Uh, no, nobody really outside of Spencer Dinwiddie and and Luka Doncic was able to hit a three. I mean, uh, what's his name? Reggie Bullock had zero points and played like forty minutes. It was nobody can shoot, and I think once you know your back is completely on the ropes, and this is win or go home. You're going to see, I think you're going to see everyone shoot slice. We've seen this before. I mean, I go back to, was it 2017? 2017 NBA Finals, Golden State against Cleveland. Cleveland was down 3-0. And <laughs> game, what, game, game four, Cleveland hit, what, like 27 threes and a half, I believe. They were going crazy. 27 threes, I believe. Like they you, you uh even though it wasn't it wasn't a closeout game, but you saw it actually it was. It was it could have been a closeout game. You saw Golden State against Memphis. Memphis was down what 3-1. Golden State lost by 55 points. Or no, they were down as much as 55 points in game what 5. 
De- everyone was hitting from Desmond Bain to Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks had 30 that game. Trey uh, Jones, everyone was hitting. Tyus Jones, I'm sorry. And that's that's how I think it's going to – see, Dallas Dallas has shooters. You know, you have Jalen Brunson. You have uh, Dorian Vinney-Smith can hit a corner three. Max Kleba, Davis Bertans, Luka, Spencer Dinwiddie, Reggie Bullock. I mean, he was – oh, he had zero points, but there's a reason why he took, what, seven threes. Um, they have shooters. They just have to knock them down, and I believe that that's going to happen tonight. And I believe that we're going to have a game five, uh, which will be in or which will be in San Francisco, Chase Center, and I ultimately think that is when Golden State is going to close them out. I just, I just, I just, I see history. I've seen history before. Either you're going to get destroyed or either Matt Dallas is going to hit everything that they put up and Golden State is going to get destroyed or Dallas is going to be so uptight and, and so so boggled down that Golden State is going to wipe them off the floor. I trust that Dallas is going to hit because I, I just have faith in Luka. I have faith in Jason Kidd's coaching. I have faith in Jalen Brown that they are not going to go outside like Phoenix did. But we can kind of, you know, this this series is is presenting another storyline. And that storyline is something that I've said multiple times, multiple, multiple times. Fit matters. Fit matters. Case in point, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins had the dunk of the playoffs on Luka in game three. It was it was wild. It's going to be the uh, the episode cover. Dunk of the game. Dunk of the playoffs. And one of the biggest reasons why I believe Golden State is going to win its championship this year is because of the play of Andrew Wiggins. Now, no, I don't think Andrew Wiggins has been their best player. No, I don't think Andrew Wiggins, you know, <laughs> should win Finals MVP or Eastern or Western Conference Finals MVP. But Andrew Wiggins has been when they made the trade, when they made the trade for D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. I said, this is a perfect, perfect trade if. Andrew Wiggins is able to get right. And what do I mean by get right? I think that is where that's where we're at. What is what did I mean by get right? You see, there is something that is there is a there is an expectation that is attached to a player with a number with with the with a number one overall pick with it. That's that's one of the biggest reasons why you're seeing people so adamantly finished with Baker Mayfield. You think if Baker Mayfield was the 15th pick, hell, you think if Baker Mayfield was the 30th pick, that people would care as much? No. But Baker Mayfield was a number one overall pick. Andrew Wiggins was a number one overall pick for Cleveland, was traded from Cleveland to Minnesota. I think on draft day, draft night, 
And he was not able to live up to that expectation. Now, a lot of people want to throw the bus word at Andrew Wiggins. I don't think he was a bus. He just didn't live up to the number one overall pick expectations. And think about that. Think about what those expectations are in the NBA. Look at look at some of the number one overall picks. Right, LeBron James. Hell, they were called. One of Andrew Wiggins' nickname is Maple Jordan. But you have LeBron James. I'm just talking about current number one overall picks that are currently still playing. LeBron James, Dwight Howard, Derrick Rose, John Wall, Blake Griffin, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson. What I'm saying is these there's expectations behind being a number one overall pick. And Andrew Wiggins wasn't able to live up to those expectations. Andrew Wiggins was still good. He was still putting up 40, 45-point games. It just wasn't matriculating down to winning. You bring him on to Golden State, an, an organization since, you know, Curry, and they've done so much right. This is the most selfless organization in the league. So you bring on Andrew Wiggins, who on any given night can be your fourth or fifth, fifth, fourth or fifth best player. Which means the lights aren't as bright for Andrew Wiggins. Again, when he's when he's on a team by himself, when he's on Minnesota, he has those number one overall pick lights. He has those, oh, shoot, if this doesn't work, it's because of you, lights. Now you bring him on a team that has Steph Curry, greatest shooter ever, three-time NBA champion, two-time MVP, one unanimous. Klay Thompson, in my opinion, second greatest shooter of all time. Klay Thompson had 60 points on 11 dribbles, has an NBA record 14 threes in a game also has an NBA record 37 points in a quarter Draymond Green defensive player of the year fiery personality the the engine the heart and soul of the Golden State team and miraculously you have Jordan Poole who is pretty much a, a mini Steph Curry you see Andrew Wiggins has Number had oh, number one overall pick talent. Don't get me wrong. For people that are saying he shouldn't have been the number one overall pick, you clearly didn't watch him at Kansas. But there's a difference between the expectations of a number one overall pick and the reality of a number one overall pick. And Andrew Wiggins just couldn't match those, couldn't, couldn't sync that together. But you put him on a team where he is needed. Trust me, he is needed. But not as a number one overall pick. But he's needed as another, just an, I'm not going to say just another guy, but as a piece. Instead of the piece, you're seeing him flourish. Which is one of the biggest reasons why I think 
they're gonna win a championship. Cause, cause, cause if you keep it moving, go to the NBA Finals. Let's say they play Boston. Andrew Wiggins, this playoffs has had to, has had has been matched up with Nikola Jokic at times. Andrew, uh, Aaron Gordon, both by the way are bigger than him. Desmond Baines, Dylan Brooks, and now Luka Doncic. Now you're going to go up against Jason Tatum. And maybe not even put him on Jason Tatum, which I think they're probably going to, but you also can put him on Jimmy Butler. You can also put him on Jalen Brown. And because he shoot his his three-point shot has 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 been found this playoffs, I think he's he is the key. Not saying he's the best player, but he is the key. His play, if he's able to continue his play that he's done the entire playoffs, Golden State is going to win a championship, in my opinion. See, once you get to this point, stars are very superstars are very important. I don't remember the last team that didn't have a superstar win. I don't remember the last team that did not have a super. I mean, people are gonna throw out Toronto. They had Kawhi Leonard. And Golden State fell apart. But I don't remember the last team. Probably the uh, Detroit Pistons. I wouldn't consider Ben Wallace. I wouldn't consider Rashid. I wouldn't consider Chauncey Billups. I wouldn't consider uh, Rip Hamilton superstars. But that was an incredible team. I don't remember the last team to win a championship. That had that did not have a superstar. So of course I don't think Andrew Wiggins is going to be more important than Steph. I don't think he's going to be more important than you know Clay Thompson and his three point shot and his defense. I just think Andrew Wiggins is going to be drastically important because as we as we've seen a lot of these games against Dallas, he's been their best player on both ends of the ball, not just offensively. Because I'm not going to take away from Curry dropping thirties, but. Andrew Wiggins has been their best player on both sides of the ball consistently this series. So, there's that. Let's talk about Luka for a second. You want to know the biggest reason why players like Steph and players like Giannis has succeeded? Now, yes, (laughs) one of the reasons is because they're incredible talents. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here saying that they're just marginal marginal players that the organization built them up to superstars. No. <laughs> Giannis is an incredible talent. Hell, you can even go back to, to, to LeBron. Very early on in most superstars' career or most successful teams and superstars, marriages they figure out exactly what that superstar is shouts out to colin cowherd he elaborated on this uh yesterday luca is a superstar for people that's that i know i just said jason tatum and due to you know inconsistency with luca Doncic is a superstar i think he's like he averages the most points in the closeout game luca Doncic is that dude bro Luka Doncic is in the argument of top five players in the league currently, and he thinks he's only like 23. Luka is a superstar. But you know why Steph 
in Golden State, why Giannis in the Bucks, why LeBron in, I don't know, Miami and Cleveland, why they worked. It's because they figured out exactly who they are. Quad is kept. There is not a, there's never been a perfect player. There's been players that have been near perfect, like LeBron or like Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. But there has never been a perfect player. And I think that with an organization and a superstar, what they're able to do is they're able to understand and pinpoint what that superstar is and maximize on what they what they're not. And what do I mean by that? Let's look at Golden State. Everyone in their mama knows Golden State and St- everyone in their mama knows Steph Curry is not the best on-ball defender. Everyone knows that. Everybody and their mama knows that Steph Curry is not the best on-ball defender. So what does Golden State do? Now, a lot of it was luck you know with Steph Curry's injuries early on and you know being able to draft how they draft but what did they do they didn't just pair him with they didn't just pair him with players that can't can do just what he can't like they didn't they didn't just pair him with a whole bunch of Patrick Beverly's and a whole bunch of Tony Allen's. They paired him with players that can can do what he can do to a certain extent and do what he can't do better. What do I mean by that? You have Clay Thompson. Once he gets once, you know, injury ooh, injury really did affect him, but still a great on ball defender and a we we know the numbers again. Second three point three, second best three point shooter ever in my opinion. Draymond Green, better defender than Steph. Him and Steph are also great assist. Like can can assist the ball really well. So they didn't just get Draymond Green and Steph Curry having current common assist, but Draymond Green is a better defender. Like I said, Clay Thompson is a better defender. But can shoot the ball as as well as Steph. Jordan Poole, pretty much a complete carbon copy of Steph Curry. Andrew Wiggins, incredible defender. Really good ball handler. Not the best assist guy. Not the best shooter. Steph, better defender than Steph. Can handle the ball not as well as Steph, but can handle the ball and make decisions. Just not the best assist guy or shooter. Hey, let's 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 move out of let's move out of Golden State. Let's talk about Milwaukee. Who they won a championship last year. Milwaukee learned quickly that Giannis may not be the best shooter. <laughs> Giannis is one of the most physically gifted players we have ever seen. When we talk about shooting the ball, though, I don't know. What do they do? They gave him a a player that is completely opposite from him, but sort of the same. 
and Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is a way better jump shooter than Giannis. Both can put the ball down and get to the rim. Not Now, of course, Chris Middleton is not nearly as good as Giannis as far as putting his head down and getting to the rim, but they both can do it. Drew Holiday, defense is on the – Defense, especially on-ball defense, is on the same level as Giannis and a better short. What I'm saying is this. What Dallas has to do is I think what Dallas has done is they have they have we know what Luka's weakness is. It's defense. And they haven't done that good of a job surrounding him with players that can help him on that area. Yes, you have what? Dorian Finney-Smith. But outside of that, who is a legit defender on that team? What Dallas has is a bunch of players that are that can that can get a bucket. Jalen Brunson, uh Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans can shoot a three. Spent, uh, who else? Maxi Kleber can shoot a three. Reggie Bullock can shoot a three. They have a lot of players that can do the same thing that y- that Luka Doncic is incredible at. Not saying that they're on the same level as Luka, clearly, but they can do the same thing that Luka can do. But who outside of Dorian Finney-Smith do you have on that team that can do what Luka can't, and that is play that good a defense? Again, there has never been a perfect player. Just teams understand how to construct and build around their superstar. Now, there are times when you have a superstar and they just are not able to build around them, i.e. Damian Lillard. Not saying that's on Damian Lillard's fault. It's the fact that you have the Portland Trailblazers haven't been able to put a team around him. And that's kind of what I'm seeing with Dallas right now. No shot on anybody on that team, but nobody on that team outside of Dorian Finney-Smith can do what Luka cannot, and that is play defense. And that is why you're seeing a drastic talent discrepancy from Golden State and Dallas, which is also kind of big, kind of shocking why people are so shocked at Phoenix. Like, Phoenix should have – I'm not even going to go back to that. I just – again, I'm shooting this before – or recording this before uh, game four, which is tonight. So, I think Dallas is going to win tonight because they're just winner go home at this point. And I just think Golden State's going to get them in game five. But, uh, yeah. Before we go – My unpopular opinion of the week or the day. And it it goes to this uh, Josh Donaldson, Tim Anderson situation. For people that don't know, Josh Donaldson, who plays for the Yankees, they just were they're in a series with the White Sox. Uh, and Josh Donaldson, who is Caucasian, referred to Tim Anderson, who is African-American, as Jackie Robinson. And for people that don't know who Jackie Robinson is, he's pretty much the most influential African-American baseball player ever. He's the reason for integration. He's he's the biggest force of integrating baseball. 
I am not here to call anybody a racist. I'm not here to, I don't know what Josh Donaldson's, um, I don't know where his heart lies. I don't know what his intentions are. But I, what, what I will do and, and what I'm going to end this show with and, and what my unpopular topic of the day is, is let me just point out why. Shouts out to uh, Marcus Spears, Swagoo. He he said it really eloquently on first take, but I want to, uh, I guess, give my opinion on it. But I'm going to show you, I'm going to say why it was taken the way it was taken. Because I'm sure, I'm sure... We are in a very on edge time for everyone. Now, the difference between now and usual usually is just African Americans. African Americans have always been treated like second class, not even citizens, second class, whatever you want to call it in this in this nation. And yes, Jackie Robinson is considered a African-American pioneer, a a civil rights pioneer, uh, uh, a a sports pioneer. But to refer to an African-American player as Jackie Robinson in a very condescending way, whether you meant for it to be racist or not, is very offensive. Because you see, what you're doing is you're taking the greatness and and the the strides that Jackie Robinson did, and you're reducing it to an insult. You're reducing it to an insult because Tim Anderson is black. Now, again, I'm not here to say Josh Donaldson is racist. I'm not here to say that he's prejudiced. I don't know this man. So I'm not here to speak on his heart nor his character. But I will say is that joke is not funny. Which is why you saw the vitriol reaction from Tim Anderson. Because not only are you disrespecting Tim Anderson, you're disrespecting Jackie Robinson. When you didn't need to do either. And you're taking the, the, the accomplishments that Jackie Robinson did and dwindling, dwindling them down to a mere insult. And now you can say it was a compliment, but it was not. Especially in the context of which you, my good sir, which is John Donalds or Josh Donaldson, said it as. You said it as a joke, a mean-spirited joke, an insult. And while you may have not meant to be racist or prejudiced, it came off as such because, quiet as is kept, that was a racial and prejudice joke to be made. And there you have it. 
That's today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. At multiple different colors, multiple different designs, whatever you want, I got you. It's getting nice outside. Uh, actually, it was hot as hell the other day, but it is at least it ain't cold. Go get your shirt today. If you're going to a beach, if you're going to a pool, an unpopular podcast shirt would probably look good on you. So go get your merch today. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. I'm trying to get more people to, to, to subscribe. I'm trying to get more people to see the unpopular podcast. So anything will help. Again, I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. Let's get it. Hop off a 16 passenger. This a G5. No, this not a challenger. Big one. I keep some members with me in the fridge. The coat seats. They some cannibals. Eaters. They like to geek, geek. Drink a whole bottle. Wake up and repeat. Damn. She took a look. Mixed it with the chill out. Now she say she saying 3D. Wow. I go in the jungle and they got a coat. I bet I come out with a meme. I bet I do this shit for the fam. Cause this shit bigger than me. Big. Color stones in my infinity link. And in the factory masterpiece. I call on twin. Could that be my brother? We got the same roller. He matching me. Nah. For real. Water on me like the sun. Some carrots, some pointers. All these commas, I won't fun from me. Go gunners out the jungle. Buy it all, fuck a front. Fuck nigga, cake on me, no funnel. Who cash? Drop top, feeling like stunner. Drop top, can't be play no runner. We gon' chrome my wallet, smoke my pilot. Take the revive to the trappers. Trappy, nigga, one shit. I was outside just serving narcotics. Pay me that stick. Nigga made one wrong move, just poppin'. Living on broke with the whole flooded out in the hotel lobby. It's crowded. Diamonds be dancing like Bobby. They dance. Don't touch a dick like if you cocky. Don't touch it. Shroom and GC depart. We geek. Bitches gon' trend on the top. Keep trending. The way I pull up, I'ma pop it and none of these niggas gon' stop me. Pull up. Gone. Put that shit on, get a cup for the drip. I'm a motherfucking fast. Keep low. Keep stacking your bank, I'll get bigger. Go. Never will. I throw some shit on my nigga. On tape. Little nigga, don't blow with these niggas. No. I see the big picture. We up on these niggas. Oh. The huncho, the one you gon' call on me, nigga. Yo. I got your back, you gon' follow me, nigga. Ball. When I get up, we gon' ball on these niggas. Fucking shit up, cause we beat out the system. Fuck the system. Water on me, like the sun. Some carrots, some pointers. Ooh. All these commas, I won't fun from me. Go gunners out the jungle. Buy it all, fuck a front. Fuck nigga, cake on me, no funnel. Ooh, cash. Drop top, feeling like stunner. <laughs> Drop top, can't be play no runner. We gon' chrome my wallet, smoke my pilot. Take the revive to the trappers. Go. Nigga, one shit. I was outside just serving narcotics. narcotics. Pay me that stick. Nigga made one wrong move, just poppy. Living on broke with the whole flooded out in the hotel lobby. Flooded.